We're interested in, in looking at permaculture through the lens of evolutionary science. Loved it so much that when the course ended and they were looking for volunteers at their farm, I jumped at the opportunity. You know? Hello, and uh, welcome to the Permaculture Vine podcast. I'm Cormac Harkin. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Ben Dunn on the, uh, on the show. Welcome, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, well, why don't we start to start? It's a... Uh, Permaculture Vines about permaculture, careers, education, and business. So we just started to start. How, how did you, when did you first hear permaculture? Yeah, permaculture for me was something I found on YouTube, I think in second or third year university. Um, just getting interested in gardening, getting interested in the environment, but most specifically getting interested in careers that weren't within the corporate world. You know, most of my friends coming out of university were looking forward to you know, conventional nine to five job. And that just scared me so much. I did not want that at all. It did not sound fun. It didn't sound meaningful. Sure, you'd make a lot of money, but I just wanted kind of more meaningful days where I just felt good about my life energy being spent. And then uh, I think it was Curtis Stone, actually, who I found first before permaculture. And uh, he was growing microgreens on his neighbor's front yards free of charge and making a ton of money doing that and just getting to spend his days outside hands in the soil connected with the community and i love the sound of that and then just went down more and more rabbit holes and thought heck this is this is so cool um and so just kind of kept learning more and more over the years and i mean there's lots more to be said after that but that was uh that was probably <laughs> the origin story just mucking about on youtube yeah all right because that's that's quite interesting because you found it i'd say looking for an outdoor career Whereas, yeah. whereas it 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 took me <laughs> twenty years, I'm trying to get yeah. out, of my, out of my current career, and, I, and that's and I when I found it, I wasn't looking for a career change. How how would that search go? Like what uh, what kind of careers were popping up? And did you for, think about for me? Yeah, or that I was I was all over the map, man. Like I went into <laughs> university, uh, I got accepted to UBC Okanagan to start a. a bachelor of science in zoology and then very quickly did not like any of the physics or chemistry or maths classes I was taking and uh fell into psychology and really really liked that I met an amazing uh mentor Dr. Holly Ann Passmore and ended up doing research with her in positive psychology meaning in life and so I think that's why I was asking these questions about meaning and and just you know really putting a lot of intention in the career that I was choosing um, anyways, zoology, I was thinking about being a psychologist and then I fell into anthropology and I was like, oh, I'll be a, I'll be a curator. I want to be working in a museum environment and then permaculture designer. So I don't know. I was all over the map. And then what, what did you go for in the end? What, what path did you just choose when you were looking at the start? Did you... Uh, I, yeah. So, I mean, I finished my undergraduate degree in December of 2019 and then moved back to Toronto which is home for me so I left Kelowna and moved back to Toronto and then was in, like I was volunteering at a museum my plan was to work at the ROM the Royal Ontario Museum in Toronto I was really hoping for that making connections networking and then COVID hit and so no one was really hiring I couldn't get a job anywhere and that's when I took uh, Verge Permaculture's online PDC their permaculture design course I just saw an advert on YouTube clicked it and was like I'm not doing anything else might as well pursue this passion I've been I've heard of this I've been thinking about it for so long um 
you know, this is apparently the, the standard sort of uh, module of education that you take to immerse yourself in permaculture. And then loved it so much that when the course ended and they were looking for volunteers at their farm, I jumped at the opportunity and I bought myself a Volvo and drove across the country and volunteered with them and worked my ass off until they gave me a job. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I worked with them. I got, I was an intern with them, uh, an environmental technologist. Uh, we got a grant through the government of Canada to hire me and I lived with them on site for a year. Uh, and then so I fell into, you know, it was, a, it was a small permaculture design outfit at the time doing design um, consulting, education, and I was doing a whole bunch of things behind the scenes. Uh, but my primary role was marketing and communications along the way. I was helping to lead events, uh, coordinate courses, automate uh, the marketing behind the scenes, as well as just kind of anything that needed doing. Right. So that's why I, I first seen you on the on the Verge Summit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the Verge Summit, I was uh, a, a host and I held the panel discussions there. Yeah. Yeah, I was delighted. I won a prize. <laughs> I was well chuffed. Oh, good. Uh, uh, yeah, those were fun. I missed those summits. Uh, so let's start back at the PDC then. So an online PDC. Uh, what was the format for the for your PDC? It was online. Online, and how, how many weeks? Um. Oh, I can't. It was like a. So, I mean, the typical permaculture design course is like a two-week intensive, a 72-hour two-week intensive. This was like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday for uh, 12 weeks. Maybe, right. So, it's like, uh, so it's just stretched out, but not stretched out too far. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was still a lot because, I mean, it was six hours a week of uh, kind of mandatory lecture and then an optional one hour a week at the end of each of those so it was kind of like nine hours a week that you were doing for quite a good chunk of time and so i mean it was a good way to consume a permaculture design course as far as it goes because it's not like you're just drinking from a fire hose all at once for two weeks it's like you have some time to digest it take the information in incorporate it in your own life it was happening in spring too so it was nice people are getting their hands in the gardens there's it's a time where people have a lot of questions so yeah, I I love I love I would highly recommend it to anybody who's looking to take a permaculture design course. Yeah, we, uh, Mike Jones is with Fine. We interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he don't he says they say hello. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I remember Mike Jones. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember him as Microbe Jones, which is which is really silly. But there was one day he came, and uh, the background of his Zoom, like he looked like a microbe. He was just like in a little amoeba floating in space and then he changed his name to microbe jones yeah he was he was awesome he was a really really good guy yeah mike's mike's good crack now we uh he definitely keeps us going now um all right so the pdc then yeah the volunteering opportunity so you managed to get that and uh what was that like it was incredible it was it was amazing yeah i mean it was uh I saw it as just an unparalleled opportunity to have contact with Rob and Michelle Avis, who are two leaders in Canada and I would say North America in the permaculture movement. They're known globally for um, for their, their content online and some books that they've written as well. And so I was like, wow, they are geniuses. They know their stuff. Like, if anything, I'll go there for a month, maybe two months, and I'll just get to pick their brains, ask all my questions, and then come home and kind of do my own thing um 
And then, but yeah, I mean, I, I really want, like I was, I worked my ass off, you know, like it was, it was woofing technically. I don't know if you know what woofing is, but like worldwide work on organic farms. And so it was an agreement where I had food and accommodation and in exchange, I was to work uh, five hours a day for five days a week. But instead I was just working like sun up to sundown as much as I could just to show them that I was serious about this. I wanted to learn. And, uh, and again, so they could give me a job. That was kind of like my secret <laughs> plan in the back of my head uh, is I hope I get a job out of this. <laughs> Cause that, that would be the coolest job to work for a permaculture design outfit. And, uh, I was, I was really lucky that they, they found a grant to hire me with and, and we applied together and we got it. And so they were able to give me a job. I was able to work for them and it was, it was amazing. So you'd uh, definitely recommend then uh, woofing and volunteering for someone who's just got their PDC? Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's tough, like, especially coming from the culture of living in Toronto, you know, the work culture of Toronto. I don't know where it's like where you are in, in Northern Ireland, but it's, you know, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot, there's a lot of money in Toronto. Everybody's just looking to make as much money as you can. And a lot of permaculture designers aren't making a lot of money. They're a little bit more crafty, you know, hippie organics. They're okay to not make as much money and, and just sort of follow their passion, I guess, which is what I really like about it. But it's, it's hard to put that aside, but I think it's really important to at the beginning of your career. And I mean, this is advice that, that my boss um, at Verge, Rob Avis gave me was it's important to take a step back and, and kind of look at what's important in the moment. Like, it's, it's a season of, I'm only 26. And so, you know, three years ago when I was working for Verge, it's, that's more a season of, of learning than it is a season of earning. You know, it's more important that I'm investing in my skills and experiences and getting really good mentors to learn from them, knowing that that will compound in the long term and I'll make even more money as a result of it. So that was kind of a mindset shift. And yeah, I would encourage anybody who's coming out of a BDC volunteer but more importantly, to find people who are doing what you want to do and what you love and to bug them as much as you can. Pepper them with questions, talk to them on the phone, go visit them and uh, make that connection. Like that's the best way that you're going to learn is to, to have really good mentors. So don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, do not uh, be shy. I mean, yeah. And I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really blessed. Like I'm, I'm extroverted. I'm a social guy. I love that kind of stuff. But it's that's I that's like all the credit to everything I've done along the way is just having amazing people around me that have just helped propel me to where I wanted to go. Yeah. And then you started the job then the uh marketing and communications. Well Not originally as an environmental technologist and then So and what then what's what does an environmental technologist do? I mean I wasn't a very conventional environmental technologist. That was just sort of the closest grant criteria that we could fit. Uh, and an environmental technologist is one who, I suppose, sort of uses technology, learns about technology, employs technology for the betterment and in service of the environment, you could say. So when I was there living on site at Upland Builds, uh, a huge passive solar greenhouse, we were installing rainwater harvesting systems. We were putting in gardens, helping them out with stuff outside, building sheds, um, kind of whatever needed doing there. Um but then in addition to that, I was, I was a teaching assistant for the permaculture design course that they were running. I was starting to do some uh, websites, like IT kind of stuff, like helping them build uh, pages on the website, writing copy, and uh, then learning about uh, marketing automation as well, getting into that. So it was, it was all over the place. Like 
it's, it was, like I said, it was a small outfit. So any small company that you work at, you're going to have to wear a lot of hats, but that's what I wanted. I just wanted to learn it all. And it was an amazing opportunity to, uh, to do so. And I, uh, you couldn't buy that experience doing that. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, you uh, and then the marketing communications as well. Uh, I, Cause that's, that's why I always say like a lot of people on permaculture, uh, don't really like approaching that topic or marketing. Yeah. It's slabbering. It's asking for money. It's um, but I, I think it's important that we do that. That we uh, that's part of this reason for this podcast is to sort of show people who are doing it, yeah, and, and earning a living and, and having businesses on it. Uh, something we've struggled with just to get it get consistent. So I might pick your brain later. <laughs> yeah, no, ha- happy to chat. I mean, I think that's. Uh, so true of everyone, even outside the permaculture space, it feels disingenuous and icky to ask people for money and to put yourself out there. But the second you see someone else doing it, they have a huge following in social media, they're promoting themselves. We look up to that, we aspire to be like them, and we're jealous of them, we compare ourselves to them. I mean, I'm just sort of speaking in broad brush yeah. about sort of the culture of social media. Um, but I think it's really important, especially in the permaculture space to put yourself out there and not be afraid to, to ask for money or make your offer, promote your product, whatever it is. Like I know that a lot of permaculturists um, are not happy with current norms in, in society, like our culture of consumption and, and waste and living in excess. Um, And so, and, and just the financial system in general, people think it's kind of an evil thing, but I don't know this is the world that we live in and we kind of have to learn to work with it. So, and again, that's uh, like another thing I, I loved about working with Verge and, and Rob and Michelle is that they were, they were entrepreneurs, you know, they weren't afraid to put themselves out there. And I learned, I learned so much working with them and living with them. Yeah. That's what we're, we're currently trying to learn to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> I, yeah. don't know, I don't know if we're succeeding yet or not. Uh, so what, so you, then you, you're at Verge for how long? Two years? Uh, yeah, just over two years I was there. And then what, what happens next then after Verge? Well, so that um, I left Verge in November or December of last year um, looking for, because I was doing marketing and communications and that was kind of what what they needed, you know, was more of that to grow within that role. And I was looking to do more design. Like I really wanted to flex my permaculture design skills to learn more in that regard. And so I decided to pursue a master's. Uh, at the time, I wasn't sure. I was looking at master's in planning, master's in landscape design or landscape architecture. I was also looking at research-based masters, like in sustainability, uh, sustainability strategy, um, anything with regard to the environment. And then settled on landscape architecture. And so now I'm starting, I applied a bunch of places and uh, I'm starting at U of T this September for that. And what's that on, sorry, again? Uh, sorry, it's a Master of Landscape Architecture. Right, last, right. Uh, so that'll be a good combination then, permaculture and landscape architecture. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, bridging that's, why, two I words think that's there. I got in. Yeah, uh, I I think landscape architecture needs needs permaculture and permaculture needs landscape architecture. I think one of the biggest gaps in a permaculture design course is the physical design skills. You learn a lot about I've been to three PDCs now, at least all, all with Verge <laughs> Permaculture. And their PDC is I, amazing. Like I cannot think of a better one. I mean, I haven't done another one. Um, and it is ex- 
incredibly comprehensive, but you can only cover so much ground in 72 hours. And so, you know, I know that a lot of people are looking to actually know how to draw, to learn how to use specific software to design the things that they have in their head. Um, people produce amazing things, amazing final design projects at the end of their permaculture design course, which is sort of the standard model for anybody who doesn't know is you, you create a permaculture design and that's how you pass or fail your course. Um, but so I wanted to learn how to be a, a kick-ass designer. Like I just wanted to learn how to create beautiful drawings and outputs to show the world these, I, these things that permaculture can offer, you know, these whole systems uh nature-based solutions for like very common problems that we have like stormwater runoff in the city or food security um but in a way that's like beautiful and and informative um and so landscape architecture felt like a good fit for that for me yeah because that, that's one thing uh when i finished with pdc then i'm gonna i finished it in november i got started freelance work again in the january did you do it. did you do yours with verge as no, well. I, I had a mine with Jeff Lawton online. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, so it was to me, I, I like the online thing because it made it accessible to me. Uh going away somewhere for two weeks, <clears throat> working, having a young family. It just wasn't yeah, it wasn't a possibility. And I, I'd actually my wife had, had booked me in for a two-week PDC. Uh I just couldn't go. I was like, I I I oh yeah, that's tough. How, how can I go away camping for two weeks? <laughs> I think there, I think there is something uh, special about the in-person PDC. Uh, I would still like to do at some point in my life, but like you, it was the same. Like the online format just worked so well. The flexibility, the opportunity to go back and rewatch missed lectures. It's, uh, it's really uh, great. I like the fact as well. I'm really sure Verge is the same. Correct me if I'm wrong, but with Jeff's PDC, it's just the facts. <laughs> There's right. no, it's just permaculture. Yeah. There's none of the other layers that are often put on top of it. Uh, and that's that's what I like about it. So I get the impression with some two-week PDCs, you have to be very careful where you go because hmm. they put all their own stuff on it, which is fair enough. But just before you yeah. go, just, just know that because, like, like uh, I don't know, <laughs> you don't want to turn up on the wrong side. <laughs> no, it's it's very true. Every, every uh, PDC kind of has its yeah. own... You know, and the main instructor will have their own flair that they're putting on it. Um, you know, I really like Verge because they took a very uh, scientific, like technical approach because they are both engineers coming into the space. So I, I love that. You know, there's a lot of sort of eco-spirituality. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's some like eco-spirituality within the permaculture space. So there are some PDCs where that's more what you're going to get, like that spiritual Gaia, earth connectedness sort of approach. There are others that are going to be more of like, uh, yeah, that that's that. I mean, it's good advice. Kind of know what you're getting into. Research the course, uh, research the instructors, and make sure it's what you want to do coming out of it as well. Uh, so that's my my background's engineering as well. So I just like that straightforward stuff. And yeah, the me you can say I'm throwing the other stuff, the spirituality. Oh, that's great. But as far as just learning, that that's where I was at the time. Yeah, and then when when I finished that, then it was going on the design, digital design. We had to sort of had to sort of teach myself then digital design. Yeah, so I just took two weeks and did it, and then as as I sort of progressed um, through designing more, then it just got better. So we have a we have a course coming out, PDC to professional. So it's sort of taking you from a PDC graduate uh, through digital design skills, yeah, and consultation skills as well. 
setting expectations with customer checklists, things like that. Just basically that's, stuff that we learned in our first year of designers. No, um, I'm, I think I think that's such a such a such a need in the permaculture community because people finish up. Well, at least I was really interested in taking a PDC to have some tangible skills, like some workable thing that I could then go out and employ. And permaculture gives you the theory, gives you the mindset, the philosophy, you know, some tools to employ. But there is that all of those things that you just mentioned that are still missing from the PDC that are, are sorely needed. So, mm-hmm. so that's I, that's I'm, coming out I'm in September. September. <laughs> yeah, no, I've said this a few times, but trust me, it's coming out in September. <laughs> uh, it's just getting down it as well. That's the thing with marketing. There's that many things in marketing. Sorry to take a tangent here, but. It's, it's like, no, the, for example, a course, you have a course, you develop a course, how do you market it? Some people just say, you have one, one will be just, just uh, sell it and say, you'll start it next Monday and then make your first course step by next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Others yeah. say, don't sell a course, build an audience. So there's all these things. And to me, it's, an, oh, it's a lot of noise. And it's like, how do you pick the strategy, the marketing strategy out of all this noise? Uh, it's it's so ephemeral and i mean i i think i would say to you like who are you talking to and and where are they you know you could start the course next week you could make it a lot of noise but where are you making the noise and why and who is actually going to take the course like who is that prime demographic that of course is suited to because if you don't have them like if, if you don't know who it is that you're selling to i mean i guess you could figure it out on the way but you're yeah, not going to be successful at the that's beginning pdc graduates people have just got a pdc yeah. and they want to I don't know what they want to do. Because uh, yeah. all I did, I started, and then uh, I seen, uh, it was a survival podcast. Uh, they had a autumn summit, and uh, what do you call him? Okay. And it was, he was on the, the, the thing, and he was talking about the Urban Dirt Company in, in America, and they basically just, they just put gardens in for uh, hotels. So hmm. just, I. Uh, and I thought, well, I can do that. I have the, I have the, I have the qualification now. So I had the permission, had all the tools, I had about a gardening. I was like, right, put up a website, and then they put up the website that they had to get in freelance work because it, it looked as if it was real. <laughs> and that was and so, step by step. And, it, and so um, it's it's been successful. Like you, that's what you're doing now is mostly like um, freelance, like design and consulting. Well, I've done. Uh, we st- I stopped the freelance stuff. Then they focus on Vine. Um, because it was a uh, that that was it. So we're still slowly building vine. Um, right. I've had, I had a wee bit of work. I've uh, I gave a talk there. Like I give a talk for corporations for their health and well-being funds. Wow. Okay. It's like how do you start an edible garden? Yeah. Uh, so basically, one I have a presentation to give. Um, bring some microgreens and some plants. I tell them they just bring the a wee like a just get the wee mushroom tubs or like wee vegetable boxes. They're like six inches by three inches. Oh yeah, those are those are started to become quite popular. Like almost a little like cardboard sort of lunchbox, uh, with like a hundred grams or two hundred grams of mushrooms. So started started to fill that with soil. Just put some seeds in it, and the seeds grow. And then you say, right, well that's all you need. And then put the seeds in a, a bigger pot, and then put them in a bigger mm. pot, and all of a sudden you have all this all these plants. Yeah, that's me sort of the thing. <laughs> so if anybody wants that, get in touch and use in Ireland. You finished your PDC, going through all that education. Have you, would you have any advice for anybody going through all that? Any any thoughts? What what was good? What was bad? Of what you you've experienced? 
like advice for people interested in taking a permaculture design course? Yeah, so just basically on your on your journey from from doing your from deciding to do a PDC and and how you did it right through the the way you are now. Any advice for people just coming behind you? Yeah, um, just start. I mean, I something that I really struggled with, and I know that a lot of people struggle with, is sort of analysis paralysis, overthinking it. Oh, I can't start a permaculture design permaculture garden until I have all of my permaculture tools and I'm only using permaculture plants and I'm only using water from the the roof because it's got to be like perfectly sustainable and holistic and it's like no like let go of all of that stop overthinking it stop taking yourself so seriously just start doing something okay you're just in growing mushrooms like you don't have to wait until you've invested a thousand dollars in the perfect uh, mushroom growing setup get yourself a little DIY grow kit for 30 bucks, see how you like it, make all the mistakes, let them get moldy and think, okay, oh, I got to water them every day. I can't go on vacation and then leave them and we'll just, you know, whatever, like just, just don't overthink it. Just get started with whatever it is and don't be afraid to fail and make some mistakes. And it's not going to be perfect and it's never going to be perfect. And that's the beauty of permaculture is, I, this is, this is Stefan Sokoyak when we interviewed him at one of the summits is try, test, fail, tweak. Try, test, fail, tweak. Try, test, fail. You're always doing this all the time. Even once you're an official permaculture designer, you're a permaculture teacher, you're renowned speaking at summits or whatever, you're still going through the same process. You're always trying new things and it's always just about starting. So, I mean, I think that'd be, that's what I would say to pass Ben. And I think that's good advice to anybody who's getting into permaculture. Like I see that a lot, you know, people, people get, um, give interviews and then they talk about their system for a chicken tractor. And then all of the comments are like, Oh, like what breed of chickens are you using? What specific materials did you use to build your tractor? And then what wheels did you use? And what size lug nuts were on the wheels? And it's like, they just want to emulate exactly what this other person did to make it plug and play. And you, I think that's amazing. Like that's why these videos are out there and that's why it's important to learn from the community but at the same time, like they had to try some setup, they had to test it out, they had to fail a few times and tweak it until they have what they have now. And so it's still not perfect. You're gonna have to continue iterating. And if that chicken tractor's in uh Texas and you're in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like it's it's gonna be completely different. It's the uh, I I did, I I noticed that it was um uh, the, the YouTube university. I did pick that mm. up myself. It's just, dude, I think it was, uh, again, it was Curtis Stone that said it, basically just stop being fussy and idealistic. Just get something done and get growing. And then yeah, as you go down the road, then you can start implementing these more sort of pure systems according to whatever uh, dogma you believe in. But yes. it's just about get getting growing and getting started. And then as well, like for me, I've ta- tapered back my growing this year just personal circumstances and i think that has to be okay as well because no you don't have to have a big sprawling garden and uh, oh yeah there's no one they're few and far far between yeah Um, yeah there's no one size fits all solution to permaculture i had a really good conversation with uh carmen lamada who works at verge but also runs urban farm school in calgary um i was taking a, a tour through her garden and i was talking to her about some of the garden design clients that i've had in Toronto and how I'm 
you know, thinking about what I want to plant in their yard and then like, oh, like an iris, that's not a permaculture plant. Like, oh, they have lilies, maybe we should get the lilies. You know, that's that's not like a pollinator. Maybe it's a pollinator species, but it's not edible and it's not native. So no, 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 no. But she, she raises a good point. And she's like, okay, well, what is a permaculture plant? Like, it's not like there's some steadfast list. Permaculture is about design for the designer, like matching the needs and goals of each specific person and their circumstances and how they're going to use the space. So maybe I'm designing a garden for some 85-year-old uh, lady who doesn't have a lot of mobility. And so maybe she can't go around and pick the strawberries and the blueberries and the other edibles that I want to plant in her. If you just want something beautiful that makes her feel energetic and youthful and alive. So you, you plant just a bunch of beautiful flowers and it's okay. Sure. It's just some annual from the plant store. Oh, it's not a permaculture plant. Like that's not, that's not what it's about. So, I mean, that, that was, that was something that kind of stood out to me this year, just on this, on the same topic, but that's always changing. Yeah, no, I agree. Because when uh, when I do designs anyway, I was designed for the person's personality as well as their space, and you have to do mm. them side by side. Because basically, if someone's lazy, not lazy, but just less energetic in their personality, which is fine, we'll just build them perennials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and if they're kind of if they're just hyper and they're ah, stuck in a pile of annuals, that's that's a like sort of simplified yeah that's the way i look at it. you have to match the personality so that the garden has to reflect their personality yeah otherwise you're, you're you're set and, and setting the expectations as well that somebody has to do some work uh you yeah. have to work at your garden you have to it's a learning journey so yeah it's it's a time investment it's a you, you sort of have to get the most out of it i think you have to let the client know that basically that this is what it involves because I think yeah. it'll be more successful for, for them. Um, so have you done design work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was a, I did a design project when I did my PDC. I was a design mentor uh, in one of the permaculture design courses. So helping to critique, critique and improve upon students design projects. And then this last year I've done a few designs here in Toronto um like one backyard design remodel i had a client in hawaii which was kind of impromptu and and really fun when i was visiting a friend on vacation i met someone there who was really interested in permaculture and we did like a whole three-year uh, roadmap for how to develop his backyard for food security water security energy security all that stuff Plus. and then i have a few uh just garden maintenance clients here in toronto now right so you're you're actively doing, doing maintenance them much, yeah, uh, it's it's not so much like permaculture, you know, permaculture, yeah. but just just gardening. Yeah, and what uh, did you do? Your designs sketched or the digital designs or? Yeah, I I do. Um, I've done all mine just hand hand drawn. Well, yeah. no, that's not true. The one in Hawaii was was digital. I used Google Earth Pro for that. Uh because I uh, have you heard of Affinity? I have heard of Affinity. Affinity yeah. too. Yeah, that's that's what I use. It's. Think, that's a pretty robust yeah. design software, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty I don't, good. I don't know much. Of, I don't I really, people use that for like designing video games and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's three parts. Three parts to the Adobe. Uh, or not the Adobe. Sorry, the Affinity. Hmm. So there's like three things: a, a photo. Uh, I can't remember what they are, and then you have Adobe as well. Adobe's very 
you have to pay a monthly subscription. Yeah. So I would say if for if you were really artistic and really perfectionist and wanted to spend a lot of time, I would go with Adobe. But if okay. you just if if you want a good solid package and it's cheap, it's a fun it's once off sixty dollars, and it is a good package. Oh, that, okay, that's pretty amazing. I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of something else then. Um, so fun it is is quite good, but not Adobe's Adobe is better. Yeah, more more functions, but I am happy with Funity for my level yeah. for my level of artistry. So what I just do is I import the Google Earth map and then design over the top of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. and that's that's what we cover in the course of Funity too. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to like I the masters of DOT. We I think we're going to be using Reddit and AutoCAD and Rhino and Photoshop and. Just a lot yeah, of really robust software that I'm kind of daunted by. I'm really intimidated by having to learn a lot, but very excited at the same time. Yeah, that's that's taking a when you look at some of the landscape architecture software, it takes it to a whole new level. And, yeah. and it's basically things the way things are going now was like uh all the computer software, the game software, all the AI where yeah, you don't actually have to program anything anymore. You just tell it, make me a project with this, 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 and I'm yeah. So uh, the nice thing about U of T, I went to um, I went to the design thesis presentations for third year students a couple months ago from U of T, and no, it was the first or second, I don't know, first, second, or third year design final design presentation, and uh, part of the prompt was actually to use an AI generated image as part of their sort of works. They had a bunch of different renders that they created. And uh, they had, and so they're, they're starting to incorporate the use of AI in the landscape architecture education process, which is, because it, it makes sense. Like it could save time. It could entirely replace certain steps of a landscape designer or architect's sort of workflow. Um, and so it's nice that they're not just like totally ignoring that and you're just staying steadfast and traditional with their work. Like they're, they're evolving with, with society and with these new tools that are emerging. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great, uh, and it'll just make things easier. There'll be more designs done. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is better. So, do, do are you keeping your own garden at the moment? No, I'm uh, I'm staying uh, since I moved back home to Toronto. I'm at my mom's, and so she's got a fully landscaped front and backyard. Like I helped her with some of it, and uh, so she's just got all perennials. She doesn't really have any space for annuals. Uh, though I hope to next year, moving to an apartment um, closer to the university and I'll have a, a little rooftop balcony. So I'll kind of have a small patio garden, but that's kind of how it is in Toronto. It's, you're hard pressed to get space for that. Yeah, if you check out our YouTube channel, Crystal has her patio garden. It's very tiny. She's, it's coming along nicely. Yeah, she's, I'll check it out, get some ideas. She's got all sorts of great stuff in there. Cool. Uh, She's in Australia, so she's a nice, nice warm climate for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hoping that I could get my gardening fixed. Just uh, having, you know, having a handful of garden maintenance clients in the neighborhood, I get to go like once a week, once every couple of weeks, get my hands on the soil, help them, like get to plant whatever I want in their yards. And how did you get them? Did you was that word of mouth, or did you advertise or anything? Uh, I, I did some advertising, so I made flyers and then I just walked around the whole neighborhood and dropped them in people's mailboxes. I did that once and then I got two clients that way. So I spent like $65 on 
I don't know, maybe spent five hours making a flyer, 65 bucks making it, a couple more hours chopping them and then walking around. And that was a good return on investment, I would say, just like even that little venture. One client, I just got a garden consultation from, and so I charged 150 bucks for that. And then the second client, I didn't even need the flyer for, I just saw her pruning a tree in her front yard. And I approached and I was like, hey, I'm a, I'm a gardener offering services. Do you need some help with that tree? And now I've gone, I had a consultation with her and then I've gone back a few times for maintenance and I made a good chunk of change doing that. So, And then yeah. I have another, the other client I have closer to university, I'm on um, a newsletter, like a community newsletter for where the apartment is. And I saw that someone was looking for a gardener and I just reached out to them. So I take it you're preaching permaculture whilst you're there? <laughs> I try a little like yes and yes and no. Like people kind of get overwhelmed by it if I start go, going into it too much. And I see this glossy look go over people's eyes when I start talking about using the rainwater and the, you know, supporting the ecology of soil and letting things look a little bit wild and how you don't need to pull all the weeds. And so it's just like too much all at once for people when they're very stuck in like a conventional view of of nature and gardens and landscaping and how you spend your time and how you value spending your time um and just the aesthetic of gardens so little little bits and pieces they sprinkle them in and like slowly like i i, I got this one um one client closer to u of t to leave the their leaves on the on their soil right. as like a natural form of mulch and so that was it that was a big step for me and it helps them like it saves time where i don't have to rake all the leaves off the garden i could just sweep them off the paths into the garden so it's financially in their interest and it's in the interest of the soil so little wins like that i count yeah no take take every little one yeah <laughs> it's going to take me I don't know. so uh, any uh i normally ask people what, what what's the plans for the future but you have your next uh what is it two years now mapped out for your master's Next three years mapped out, three. yeah. So it's going to be full-time students, September to April. And then uh, my last year, I have a final design thesis project, which I'm excited about. So it's a course-based master's, but then at the end, I get to do research through design, which is pretty exciting. And then in the summers, I don't know. I don't really, like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to step into this world of landscape architecture because it's just going to be a whole new realm of opportunities and connections and so i don't even really know what i have in store and i'm just gonna play by ear no that's great uh it's good to you you just uh see what happens yeah uh, staying staying open-minded uh and your, your software skills will be fastly improved in a couple of years <laughs> hopefully yeah i mean another uh, thing that I'm, I'm working on that i'm really excited about is i'm uh, i've been doing some research with two evolutionary scientists down in the states and so we're trying we're interested in in looking at permaculture through the lens of evolutionary science like kind of the emergence of permaculture the utility of permaculture in society what attracts people to it what sort of benefits does it offer the world both environmentally culturally and individually and so we're hoping to launch uh kind of an open science research portal and data hub later this summer um, to start canvassing the permaculture demographic worldwide a lot more. Um, just a lot more, like permaculture has a lot of good to offer, but there's not a lot of empirical research done on it, like in the academic world. You know, how effective are companion plants, really? You know, we talk about how permaculture 
what what really sets permaculture apart from other design systems from the mouths of users like how has it really changed people's lives now having taken a permaculture design course is their well-being improved are they actually implementing this in their yards like what percentage of people are actually now employed as permaculture designers like these these important questions that we could be asking and answering and then taking that and showing it to I don't know, just like mainstream culture, mainstream media and being like, hey, look at this really cool design system and look what it has to offer. Like pay more attention to it. Like you other academics, like what other questions do you have for permaculturists? Like how can we help grow this movement? So that's something that we're we're hoping to launch. Uh, yeah, by the end of the summer. Right, when we launch that, give us a shout and we can share it on all our platforms. Yeah. That'd be sweet. No, I would no appreciate that. Uh, so it's like an exciting project. It uh, is. It's It's been kind of a, a slow build long-term. Like we did a pilot study with Verge Permaculture when I was still working with them. We canvassed their student pop- population, like their permaculture design students, and uh, got some really interesting data as a result of it, made some cool um, visualizations that we then presented at the Permaculture Design Conference uh, in 2022, I guess it was. And so, yeah, we're kind of using that to to inform this next launch. And so we want to build a website that has a bunch of surveys that you can take that are totally free, um, that are really short, buzzy surveys. And then afterwards, you can see your data in, you know, a bunch of really cool interactive models is the idea that we make like uh, sort of a da- data cluster with people's answers and they can see where they fit in comparison with other people in the model and around the world. So that's the goal. We're building it right now. And yeah. That's what it's called. How long will that run for? Well, that'll be, it'll just be static. Like we're hoping that it's just going to be like a, a website online at your leisure. You can go and you can take these surveys and, uh, and then like the more data that we get, the more um, accurate and interesting the models become. And then hopefully also we want to do research consulting for, institutions, hubs, organizations that have pro-environmental aims. So ideally, like we'd love to work with permaculture hubs and to uh, canvas their own audiences to understand, okay, well, who are they? What are they looking for? What is the specific flair that they're getting from your permaculture design course versus others? And it also ends up being really interesting market research at the same time, because you kind of learn why people took the course, what the things they loved about the course were, or the things they wish that could have been in the course, you know, questions like that. And then giving people reports. So hoping that becomes sort of a side project for all of us as we go about our main, our main jobs and responsibilities. Yeah. Not so interesting. Be interesting to hear how you get on with that. And uh, I, I can, I can include that link in our guest form. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they had to do all our previous guests for you. Uh, yeah, when uh, it's when it's ready, I'll, I'll let you know. It's going to be, uh, like I said, probably a few more weeks, but I'll definitely keep you in the loop. So, guys, that was being done. Uh, if you thought you got good value out of that, but I think we did, <laughs> had a thumbs up and subscribe uh, for more guests. Ben, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me and just all the work that you're doing. Like, I think the more people who host podcasts like this are just getting the permaculture out there, uh, more exposure we can get, the better. So, thank you. Yeah. So that's thank you. And uh, guys, uh, if you click on the link, you'll see Brandon Moncrief from last week. Uh, Brandon as well was uh, very good education as well from Woofoon. He, he volunteered in communities and now he's a co-founder of Gago. 
grow your grass off. Um, so he's a uh, you can check the link out there for last week's show. <laughs> Again, Ben, thanks very much. She's all there. <laughs>